Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Jeff Sims. <laughs> I liked I, that. I don't hate it. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. No. That was our, we were experimenting with um, sharing the opening line. It kind of reminds me of the Friends episode where they do the... Uh, Phoebe and Rachel do the voicemail and she goes, hi, you've reached Rachel oh, and Phoebe. And like <laughs> yeah, one of them yeah. always gets the more words because she goes, and is right. Anyways. Funny. I have a friend's quote in this episode later on. Um, mm. This is episode 10. Double dig. Double dig, baby. We're famous. We're famous. We're also late. Evan. Well, they know now because it's today's Thursday, right? Today is Thursday. That's so right. It hasn't episode launched. should have dropped 6 a.m. this morning. And it didn't. We're sorry, guys. But you want to know why? Tell us why. Had a baby. Had a baby. Jeff and I had a baby. We had a baby. We've been waiting a long time. <laughs> you know what? It takes women nine months. It took Jeff 18. But, but, it, but it came out, and here it is. We said we were late. Yeah. So. Um, no. Tiffany, my wife, had um, our second child, Oliver Watsmith. And he was so gorgeous. He's he's a gem. She went yeah. into labor Sunday night, which is the night we typically record. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. It's a story that I won't get into now, but if you're a close friend, happy to tell you. And if you aren't, you're gross. Yeah. <laughs> so. Welcome to episode 10, guys. This is welcome. super exciting. Welcome. I'm very fatigued. Yes. And so let's it's, not. It's, it's the first time I've been fatigued and drinking red wine, so. Oh, that gosh. combination. You're in for treats. It's like prescription medicine in red wine. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> That's shocking. Oh, fatigue is like Vicodin. You never know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, kind of. Maybe. Um, what's there to talk about from the past? Yeah, what's um, happened in the last week? Week and one day. So we just released... Oh, yeah. Okay, so episode nine was the conspiracy theories. Yeah. Which, did I say something weird? <laughs> <laughs> um, which I loved. Yes. And then watched um, later that week, I already mm-hmm. told you, the JFK movie called JFK with yep. Kevin Costner in it. So good. Oh, yeah. And just like so many theories I never ever got into. And I think some of some of the plot of the movie isn't, um, isn't like theories necessarily. It's like the... The screenwriter was just like, let's go this route with yeah, it. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. everyone's involved. Oh, yeah. FBI, CIA, president-elect, vice president, like, everyone is in on it. Oh, man. And it's that plausible. That scares me. Yeah. The it's number one thing. thing that didn't come up when I was doing it last week, but came up in the movie that I was like, yeah, was when Oswald is up on the sixth floor and he's shooting. Mm-hmm. A, they get they get super into like obviously it wasn't just him shooting because of the way the bullets whatever. Yep. But the number one thing was like say it was just him. Why would he ever shoot through the window that he shot through through these trees that were like sort of hiding? Mm. What he we was did talk at? a little bit about when, it because there was another t- window. Yeah, he could have just turned like the window was windows on either side of him. He was in the corner of the building. Yeah. He could have turned forty five degrees and shot at that window and had a straight direct line of the president coming down the road. There must have been something with the alignment of. Like where he wanted him to get shot, or he just wasn't ready. Maybe he was like rushing up the stairs, got the gun, got to that window, went crap, missed my opportunity, missed my window. No, don't think what did you know? I don't know. But I was I, gonna say like you weren't there. No, but I, <laughs> what do you know? What do you mean? But no. I, but I think no. I think it's it's. I think there's a lot of shady, shady area, as one would say. 
Hanky panky. So much hanky. So much hanky panky. So much hanky, so much panky. So much. So this episode mm-hmm. is one we've had on the list since the beginning. Since the beginning. It's words and phrases and sayings. And it's and some of them are ones I don't actually I don't know if I have written down ones that we always screw up. There's one that you always screw up that I have in my list. Secluded? Secluded. Oh nice. Yeah. So yeah. So sometimes if we're walking or we're doing whatever. We'll, one of us will say a word, and then they'll be like, I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah. And it happens way. Yeah. More but we never, than... neither of us ever fix it. No, We're because just like, That's neither how... one of us know the correct yeah. reasoning for it. Yeah. So this is words that lots of people screw up and phrases and sayings and what the origin of them are. And, and we're going to do it as a quiz. We're going to go back and forth, sort of mm-hmm. like the superstition episode. Yep. But also, it's going to be like a pop quiz. Yeah. So there's a lot of anxiety. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of opportunity to expose ourselves for truly how stupid we really are. Like I said, because, and, and I think yep. we've had this conversation, and we're not going to get too much into it now because it's hard for me to explain it, explain it. Um, but there are a lot of words and there's a lot of phrases and things that I think I'm saying it correctly, mm-hmm. but because I've never seen it written down. Yeah. I'm not even close to it. Like like yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon is the perfect way to describe it. Like Articuno, right? The derivative is Arctic, and I don't know what Uno is, but Articuno. Yes. I always thought it was like Arna Uno or like Articuno. Right. I, I, like because I've only ever heard the word right. as a kid. You never would write it or no. read it necessarily. When you see, you're like Arctic is the beginning of that. Yeah. yeah. Articuno. Yeah. No, Articuno. Articuno. Yeah. <laughs> like there could have been a G in there. Articuno. Right. I don't like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And then there was another couple of those. It's sort of like broken telephone. It's like you only hear yeah, what yeah, other yeah, people yeah. have said to you. Do you know what's a great example? Harry Potter. Happens all of the time for me. Like people's last names that they throw away. Yeah. Like uh, Kingsley, right? Shacklebolt? Shacklebolt. Yeah. I go, Shacklebolt. Right. Shacklebolt. As far as I know, <laughs> his last name is Shacklebolt. Or like Shacklebolt. Yeah. That's the, uh, the branch of the, uh, the, the X-rated movies. <laughs> Kingsley Shacklebolt. <laughs> or Shacklebolt. Check a bolt. Anyways, anyway. that's, it, that's what I feel a lot of these are. Nice. Anyways, um, shall we? Let's just dive in and start hopping back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to get started. Please do. Evan Smith. Yes. Scapegoat. Scapegoat. Tell me what you think it is. A scapegoat is um, someone in a situation that that helps you get out of it. So, I, But I think it has a negative connotation. So I think it's like... Say we like you, me, and a couple other people do like a heist or something. We rob a bank. I like it. And then we throw you under the bus. You were the scapegoat. Yeah. Right. I think you're on the like right if we track. Get, if we get caught and then we throw you under the bus, you yeah. were, you would be the scapegoat. Like that was like a B. Right. Like okay, a B great. plus. Good. Like yeah. Oh well, I mean, you, you did get it. You just did a. Anyways, a person who is blamed for the wrongdoings, mistakes, and faults of others, especially okay. in reasons of. Uh, yeah, no, that's perfect, actually. That's I think way. I got an A+. Plus. Yeah. So, Well, no, you were just like, if we did a heist, we'd kind of like throw you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't wrong. I was just not articulate, which you can't expect me to so be. So the origins of it, yeah. it's coined the word scapegoat to describe the sin-bearing creature interpreting the Hebrew word Azazel, um, or Azizel, uh, the goat that departs or escapes. That said, some scholars have disagreed with this interpretation, claiming that Azazel uh, actually stands for the name of a goat-like wilderness demon oh. whom the offering was meant for, or a specific location in the desert to where sins were banished. So often thought to be a mountainous cliff from which the scapegoat was cast- casted off and killed. 
Sure. So it's the area in the desert where they would throw the goat off the cliff and be like, I rid my sins. Right. See you later. Scapegoat. <laughs> See you later, Fanny the goat. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye. 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 Funny. Um, nice. Okay, great. Yep. So for all intents and purposes... Ooh, that's this a, is falling into the whole, how have you heard it your whole life? Yeah, because there's like all intensive purposes, all intents and purposes. Yeah, all there's in, not both of them. There's no, only one. I'm trying to say it. There's all inside of tents and outside of tents, right. bonfire. You know, yes. um, so what all do you think? All intents and purposes. All intents, yeah. yeah like e I intend to do E-N-T-E-N-T. E -N -T. Yeah. Uh, and, and purposes. Yeah. So the common misuse is intensive purposes. Intensive. Yeah. So what do you think it means? All intents and purposes. Um... It is to, here comes my B minus explanation. That's the um, fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've heard you say this before. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how can, like, it's hard to articulate because the okay, phrase okay, means so use much. Use it in a sentence. Okay. Uh, for all intents and purposes, this podcast is. Actually, that was difficult. It's tricky once you're on the spot. I'm it on just the spot. Basically, you're right, though. It yeah. just like in the the way you were about to use it in the sentence was yeah, correct. Yeah. It basically means in every practical sense or like virtually. For all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes is a phrase that explains itself. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. So it comes from 16th century English law to all intents, constructions, and purposes, mm -hmm. but got shortened to just in all intents and purposes. Um, so yeah, it just means in every practical sense or virtually. You kind of wrap something up. Yeah. So like this weekend is, for all intents and purposes, a workshop on comedy and theater. Exactly. You're wrapping up an idea and just trying to shorten like, it in one sentence. Yeah, trying to get it in summary, basically. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Uh, play it by ear. Play it by ear. I would imagine, as a musician, we're, we would know where this stems from. I would yeah, think play it by exactly ear right. is... Um, I'm not going to read the book on it. I'm going to play it by ear. I'm going to just go out, fly off the seat of my pants. That's exactly it. Yeah. So commonly confused with play it by year. Sure. Which is not even close. No. Uh, but it's exactly it. It's spontaneously and accordingly to the situation. Uh, playing it by ear means no game plan. The origin has come from playing music without sheet music. Right. Well done. Nailed it. Okay. Nip it in the bud. Ooh, nip it in the bud. I feel like people say nip it in the butt. They do. But it's definitely bud. Bud with a D. Yeah. Yep. I like butt though. Yep. Because it, it kind of also makes sense because it's like cut it off right there. Let's nip it right in the bud. Let's stop this action. Let's stop whatever's happening. Exactly. Which is kind of also tongue in cheek, which is one that's coming oh. for uh, nip it in the butt. Right. You I know mean, what I mean? Kind of, yeah. It could literally be. So what, what do you mean? think it stems from nip it in the bud? Um, I say it has something to do with uh, cigars. Do you? And uh, maybe the bud of the nicotine. Or the not. tobacco or something. No, no, no. Why? No. Why would it be that? Maybe because like if you're smoking a cigar yeah. and you're and you're done with it, you would like snip it on the end. Oh yeah. Maybe in the bud. Okay, yeah. No, it's a bud of a flower. Oh yeah, that so, makes yeah. So a flower that is nipped in the bud wouldn't grow and blossom. Oh, so it stops right, right? where it's so you're cutting the plant off at the part that would flower. So basically while something is like a minor thing, just take care of it before it blossoms into a problem. Okay. Nip it in the bud. I'm into that. Yep. Uh tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Um, it's tongue in cheek, not tongue and cheek. That right? is correct. Okay. It's often misconstrued. Uh... Yeah. So if you put your tongue in your cheek, no, I, I feel like, is there, I don't know. So what does it mean, first F off? Tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek is like sort of um, their humor is very tongue in cheek. It's very um, mm. 
sort of bitey, sort of like has a little bit of an edge to it. Like it, I feel like it has to do with humor. It, you're, you're, yes. Yeah. Yes. So without really meaning what one is saying or writing, if you say something tongue in cheek, you intend it to be understood as a joke, although you might appear to be uh, might you might appear to be serious. So it's kind of satirical or sar- sarcastic. Right. So basically, you're deadpanning a joke. Yes. Right. Exactly, but it's meant to be understood as a joke. Cool. Uh, this phrase, phrase, man, alludes to the facial expression created by putting one's tongue in one's cheek. Mm-hmm. The term first appeared in print in Walter Scott's 1828 Fair Maid in Perth. The fellow who gave this all hail thrust his tongue in his cheek to some scapegraces like himself. Uh, that, sure. I don't know. But anyways, that's the first time it made its way in print. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that was exactly it. Cool. Yeah. I have a lot of those. Of us like, this. the first time it was made in print was blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, interesting. Hmm. Uh, a moot point. Ah, oftentimes confused with a moo point from Joey and Friends. <laughs> yeah. The quote is, uh, so Joey says, all right, Rage, the big question is, does he like you? Yeah. Because if he doesn't like you, this is all a moo point. And yeah. Rachel's like, huh? A moo point? Yeah, it's like a cow's opinion. It just yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's moo. It's moo. <laughs> and then she but, goes, did we all just hang around with Joey too much? Or did that just make a lot of sense? Yeah. I mean, it, he describes what he means perfectly. It's exactly it. But it's not moo. No, but it's moo. So what does it mean? Well, exactly that. It's, it's a point that doesn't matter. It's completely right. irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. It's a yep. subject matter, open to debate or discussion, but with no possible conclusion. Yep. And is therefore irrelevant and not worth talking about. Yeah. Like the, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so likely this conversation. Yeah. Uh, is there a derivative? I don't have a derivative written down. No. <laughs> factoid. I have factoid too. Oh my God. Oh, maybe I did yours by accident. Good. Okay. You go on. You tell me factoid. No, well, you already know it. I, I'm not going to read it. I'm, uh, once I write something down, it's out of my head. Oh, okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Like a factoid. Exactly. Interesting. So what is a factoid? Factoid is... I. Th- Let me see what I try and remember from writing it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why the podcast is good, because when you tell me something, I understand it better than when I write it down. You're an auditory learner. Yeah. Like or myself. I'm, and actually, I'm, my best learning is... Like when you ask me to explain something to you that I don't really understand, well, you I write it down and yeah, then yeah. also explain it to you. Yeah. So I get the visual and the, and I'm like, yeah, I got it now. Gotcha. So I think factoid is people always say it's something to do with a little fact, like a small, a little factoid, but that's not actually what it means. Correct. A factoid is typically false. Mm-hmm. A factoid is something that appears to be true, right? But isn't. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a uh, paradox. I guess. A paradox would be a factoid. Right. Something that appears to make sense. Or doesn't make sense, but... No, it's the other way around. A paradox is something that appears that doesn't make sense, but after further elaboration, it makes sense. Right. Interesting. Okay, here's one that has actually, strangely enough, since we started researching this topic, it's been all over Facebook. By your phone just listening to you. Irregardless. By... Okay, don't get me started on irregardless. It's... Everywhere this week. It's silly. People are making Facebook posts about... I'm like, why? Is this a recent thing? Apparently it is. So I went on Merriam-Webster's website. Yes. And I was just like reading the article. I was like, great, perfect. Apparently that article was published like last week. Oh, yeah. And everybody's going crazy over it. Do you know why? Because I think there's so much outrage culture right now and people are posting flat out. And a lot of it is, this is a point... But regar- regardless to yeah. what, the, and like they, yeah. you always have that flip of the sentence and therefore it, it, it's just relevant. So what do you think irregardless means? Well, first off, it's not a word. It is a word right now. Well, yeah. But okay. So here's the thing. Because uh, I looked this up like six months ago. Right. Because A, it's not a formal word. No. But places are actually accepting it now because, because it's, it's so used. commonly used. Exactly. Which is, it's kind of like a, 
like a cop out of yep. like them just being like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll consider it a word. Like they're but it's just been like used over it. for over two hundred years. It's been used. It's not a recent thing. No, but it's incorrect. Yeah. So what is yeah. it? What is it? It's How supposed to be regardless. Right. It's supposed to be like regardless of what is happening. Blah 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 blah. Right. Like it's supposed to be that and that flip in the sentence. But people say you're regardless. Yes. And they mean the same thing as, as regardless. regardless. Yeah. It's Whereas synonymous, but it's ear, not. Normally, and you put ir. It's a negative. It's a negative. Yeah. But you're negative and even negative. Exactly. Right. So it's actually exactly the same. When you say irregardless, you mean the same thing as when you say regardless. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, uh, Miriam Webster got a bunch of angry letters mm-hmm. of people being like, "Why is this now in the dictionary?" And they're like, we don't decide what words are words. We just define them. Like, people use it all the time. It's a word. Yep. Like right? meme. Meme is now a word. Yeah, of course it is. Because it's used all the time. Exactly. It should be defined. If somebody's like, what's a meme? They should be able to look it up. Well, that's what Urban it. Dictionary is for, too. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It bothers me. Anyway, that's it. Go on. Bemused. Bemused is not amused. But people think it is. Bemused, people use it in the same way as amused. Like, I think that's funny. I'm very bemused. That's not what they mean. Bemused is the opposite of that, right? Like, bemused is like, bemused is to be like, sort of irritated? Okay, my face is representing bemused. I am bemused. It's puzzled, confused, and bewildered. Hmm. So I get the derivative being amused, bemused, like that kind of flip. No, bemused is just confused, bewildered. Nice. I knew it wasn't bothered and bewildered. Am I? That's all for bemused. Um, Entitled. Oh, that's just you being entitled on your high horse. You think you're worth more than you are. You think you're entitled to certain things. Right. But people always use it when they say this podcast is entitled. Explain it. Oh no no that's incorrect. Titled. Titled (laughs) does not. It does not mean the same thing as titled. No. But Um, I got to say. I'm glad we're not as stupid as I thought we were going to be. I know. We're actually doing worried. very good. I was very worried of like, oh, God, he's going to ask me the difference between this and this. And nope. This. No, you're doing great. Go on. This one's going to be interesting because okay. I struggle with this one sometimes. Okay. Um, and I still don't think I truly have a grasp of it. Okay. Effect versus effect. I put this on the list. I didn't find this on a list. No. I put it on there because I don't. I never know. It doesn't matter when you're speaking. But when I'm no, writing, because it sounds the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm writing, I never. I go. Oh, is this an E or an A? Mm-hmm. So this is an important one for me. It's difficult. So do you do you want to venture a guess or do you want to just go for it? Um, I'll venture a guess. This is what I try and think of. Effect means the eff- the effect of something. So like like um, if you put well the science experiment we did last week in the video, it's the effect that happens when we combine the ingredients. That's an effect but I don't know what affect means. I think that's where I get confused. I know what one means and not what the other means. Okay. So affect is a verb. So it's an action. Effect is a noun. Oh. So that's going to help. So an easy way to think of it is A for affect is action. A, A, action. Okay. So Ruby pushes Raphael into the pond. Ruby affects where Rachel is standing because it's an action. She's pushing Raphael. Why'd you say Rachel? Oh, Raphael. <laughs> I was like, who wait, hell, who the how many Rachel? people are involved in this? Yeah. Uh, Raphael being wet yes. is the effect of Ruby's irresistible urge to push him into the pond. Is the effect. Effect is, the is a effect. noun. Effect is a noun. Yeah. The so it's effect. kind of like, if you want to say like action and reaction, right. so like the action being of the action of pushing. Right, right, right. So, so effectively, or no, no, the... Uh, yeah, Ruby affects where Rachel is standing. 
Right. So if I'm okay, so let's go back to like a science experiment, for instance. Yeah. Um. So like last week we used the Alka Seltzer mm. in the water. Oh, what did the Alka Seltzer react with? Alka Seltzer water and oil. Oil. Right. Well, no, the Alka Seltzer affects with the water. Yeah. So the the the. No, that's exactly the it. The Alka Seltzer affected affected the water. The water. But the effect was exactly it bubbled. Right. Right, yes. right, okay. Does awesome. that help? Yep, very much so. Nice, giddy up. Okay. Poisonous versus venomous. Okay, yeah, that's pretty simple. Go on. Okay, so poisonous is something that if you eat, it is not good for you. You will die. Venomous is something that um, is like a snake that'll bite you. Like if you eat a snake, yeah. you're not going to die. Right. But if you eat like a weird flower or plant, the plant is poisonous, the snake is venomous. Exactly. But people often will say, oh, no, that snake is very poisonous. No, it's venomous. It's venomous. Yeah. Yeah, but people use it all the time. So, and here's a fun fact just as I was going through this. So you, got, you nailed it. Um, I mean, neither of, the, neither of this will matter if you're dead. Because like, if it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it, a, it's a moot point. It's a very moot point. Um, but there is a snake called the Inland Taipan, T-A-I-P-A-N, Ooh. that can kill, with one single drop of venom, mm-hmm. can kill 250,000 mice or 100 adult humans. Wow. With a drop of venom. Uh-huh. That's how oh, yeah. venomous it is. Yeah. Which is insane. Go on. Venomous. Venomous. Interesting. Crocodile tears. Okay. This is also, I will say that I had no idea what this was. You never heard of crocodile tears? Never heard of crocodile tears in my life. The expression crocodile tears, meaning like, oh, she was crying crocodile tears. She was faking it. She didn't care, really. She was was putting on a show of, she's upset. Sure. That's what it means. Yeah. The origin, does it have to do with a crocodile? Yes. Can crocodiles not cry? That's hilarious. I don't know. No, they okay. can't. What's the origin then? Yeah. So, also, yes, I th- you're right. But I don't know if it has something to do with, like, hypocrite crying. Like a what, sorry? Hypocrite. What's a hypocrite? Like, hypocrisy. Like, hypocrite? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, you wouldn't say hypocrite crying. It's hypocrite crying. Oh, oh, yeah. A hypocrite crying. Yeah. A hypoc- okay, yeah, or go hypocrite on. I'm with you. But okay. is hypocrite a word? I don't know. That's not on my list. I don't hate the word, though. Like it, I liked it a lot. Hypocrisy. I just thought it was wrong. Okay, well, yeah. Anyways. Um, you are right. It's false. Hypo- hypocrisy serial Insin- crying. No. <laughs> uh, insincere display of emotions, such yeah. as hypocrite. Hippocratic. Hypocrite. Oh, hypocratic. No, hypocratic? that's not how it's spelled. Hypocrite crying. Okay, good. Hypocrite crying. Yep. Fake tears. No, it's hypocrite. Okay. Yeah, such as a hypocrite crying fake tears. Oh, great. sure. Okay. No, no, I'm definitely wrong. <laughs> God, that's. I kind of like it though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I do too. Uh, the allusion is to the ancient notion that crocodiles weep while devouring their prey. Oh. Yeah. So it's not so much there was um, not so much of being like crying fake tears, like, but almost enjoying it. Oh, like if right, you're crying right. at a funeral, but you're actually really happy about this person dying. It's not that right. you're not upset. It's that you're actually happy. Or you're, or you're crying because you aren't sad, but you want people to think you're sad in terms of. Yeah, but I feel like that's at zero. You know what I mean? Like you're not happy, you're not sad, but you want people to think you're sad, so you cry. But I'm thinking, no, no, you're happy that this is actually happening, but you don't want to show that you're happy, so you cry to be like, oh, I'm actually Are sad. Are both crocodile tears? Or are you saying only the one you just said is crocodile tears? I don't know. Oh. Like, that's where the confusion comes from. So, crocodiles do indeed have glands that produce tears to lubricate the eyes as humans do. They don't cry with emotion, though. Right. Whatever experience they have when devouring their prey 
we can be certain it isn't remorse. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, here's one that I know from the West Wing. Okay. So this applies to a bunch of different words, but the example that was given was runners up versus runner ups. Okay. Okay. So if you said, if if you're a runner up in a race, but there was more than one, you and me both did the same, use that in a sentence. Hold on. No, no, no. Give me something. That that didn't make sense. So someone came first. Yep. You and I both came second. Yep. So we were so you you were a runner up and I was a runner up. Technically. But now, but now pluralize that. Runners so, up. Runners up, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people will say runner ups. That's they, weird. They, they were the two runner ups. <laughs> so this applies to um maids of honor, brothers in law, sisters in law, attorneys general. It's not attorney generals. It's attorneys oh, okay. general. I feel like I would screw that one up. Yeah. yeah. So and the reason But I would is, say sisters in law. I wouldn't say sister in laws. Right, but a lot of unless do. it was possessive, like I'm going to my sister-in-law's house. Yeah. but it would. But be if you're plural, you're, it, that's the important thing: is you're pluralizing yeah, 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 yeah. with the noun, right? Yep. yep. So the, you're, there's not more than one up. No, there's more than one runner. So it's runners <laughs> up. Likewise, but there's not more than one general. There's more than one attorney, and that's the hard one. But it's attorneys general. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I know that one from the West Wing. Okay, go on. Nice. We're flying through these, we're and I'm really impressed. Burning. I think it's because we're so smart. I think so too. Running amok. Mm. Yeah, running amok. Okay, so I know what it means to run amok is like to like the kids are running amok. They're going crazy. They're just running everywhere and doing whatever they want. Yeah. So little did I know that's actually pretty derogatory. Oh, is not it? derogatory, but like kind of offensive. Like okay. we probably shouldn't be saying it so frivolously. There's a lot of phrases like that that are coming up now. Yep. yep. Also, uh, so to run right or wild, exactly like you said, behave in a frenzied. Out of control or unrestrained manner. Yeah. Exactly like you said. So For example, I was afraid that if I left the toddler alone, she would run amok and have a hard time calming down. Or the weeds are running right in the lawn. Or the children were running wild in the playground. It's started, et cetera, running amok. Okay? Yep. It's used to refer to the behavior of someone who, in the grip of strong emotion, obtains a weapon and begins attacking people indiscriminately, often with multiple fatalities. What? An episode of amok may be triggered by a period of depression or a highly aggressive behavior the slang term going postal or going ballistic are similar in scope police describe such an event as a killing spree if the individual is seeking death an alternative method of is often suicide by cop so it's yeah that's not at all so running amok just derives from somebody killing a bunch of people just going AWOL wow yeah not where I thought that came from nope yeah I was a um Okay. Inflammable. Use it in a sentence. So this is actually a really good one because it's one of the only ones that makes zero sense to me at all. Zero. If you know what it is, then you're right. Yes. So flammable and inflammable are synonymous. They mean the exact same friggin' thing. How do you know thing. all this? You looked up the ones I did. No. So then you're so smart. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, but I know they're the same. But it doesn't make sense because oftentimes if something is like im or ir or un, it's, it's a often negative. a negative. It's yep. so like if something is inflammable, you're like, oh, that means it'll never be flammable. Yep. But is, is it unflammable? Is that the word? No, it's non-flammable. But, so now I'll tell you why. There's a reason why inflammable is still flammable. It's not an annoying. I mean, it is an annoying thing. It's annoying as hell. Yeah. Um, but good for you for knowing that. Thanks, I didn't know that. Uh, in the English- I got burned by that one before. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> oh, how tongue-in-cheek. 
Um, so yeah, you're right. The prefix in typically means not, right? Yeah. Inactive, inconclusive, inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. The opposite, right? In the case of inflammable, um, it actually means something that is easily set on fire. The same thing as flammable. So it comes from inflammare or flammare. It comes from inflammare. <laughs> it's not inflammare, it's inflammare. <laughs> it's inflammare. <laughs> um, inflammare means to catch fire. Sorry. Flamere means to catch fire. In means to cause to. So to cause to catch fire. This is derives from the Latin. So is right? that the case with everything that's in? No. Because like impossible. No, in. It's not inflammable. In, I-N. Maybe I'm not as smart as I thought. Maybe you aren't. Inflammable. 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 That's another one of those things I was talking yeah. about. I don't think I've ever seen... Well, I'm, I must have seen the word written down. But it's but funny it, that you're right, though, that im, im and in both mean the same thing. Impossible is not possible. Yeah. Inactive. Is Inevitable. Not, yeah, is not active. But it's like I-N and I-M do yeah. mean the same thing when a prefix... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uncertain. Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable. Inconceivable. Exactly. Yeah. But they're, yeah, they're sort of, they work both ways, in or im. Indubitably. So in this case, it's in, <laughs> it's in, but yeah, so it's, it, in this case, it's because it derives from the Latin, which is to cause to. What a stupid But what language. you mean to say when you say inflammable, or people say inflammable, is non-flammable. There we go. That was what I needed. Yeah. I was going around saying, but that's unflammable. Yeah. <laughs> Still wrong. Yep. The apple of my eye. The apple of my eye. Okay, so what you mean is, like, we just had Oliver. Oliver is the apple of my eye. He's the most important thing to me right now. There we go. Like, I'll, yeah, use it in a sentence, but yeah. yes. The phrase apple of my eye refers in English today to something or someone that one cherishes above all others. Yep. Originally, the phrase was simply an idiom referring to the pupil of the eye. The, the cor- pupil? The pupil. Not like the pupil, but the pupil. What? 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 <laughs> The pupil yes. in your eyeball? Yes, the eyeball. Because it's round. It, it resembled the core of the apple, like the base oh. of the core of the apple. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, similar. Turn uh-huh. a blind eye. So, to turn a blind eye Name is... the musical that there's a lyric. Turn a blind eye. All I can think of whenever I hear this. this one. Turn a blind eye, Evita. Turn a uh, blind eye. I don't know Evita as well as I think oh, I God, should. Oh, God, you must. Yeah. I Evita is the best Angela Weber musical, hands down. Mm, it I is know. good. Like, I do like it. I just don't know it as well as you don't I know, know well other enough. ones. The yeah. only reason you don't like it more than Joseph. Rude. Because you love Joseph. I do love Joseph. I also like cats. I'm I sorry. I don't dislike cats. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, fair point. I always forget it's Angela Weber because it's so good. It. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. But, okay, so non-rock musical. Well, Evita's kind of rock musical, too. No, it definitely is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. A new garden theme. That's the least rock part. I just love it, though. Oh, yeah, no, it is. We have, have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Okay. I also people, saw it when, when... People they... give Madonna shade. I think Madonna is brilliant in that movie. Mm. I don't know if I have an informed opinion about it. Oh, him. Antonio Banderas is brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant anyways. Yeah, he is, but yeah. in this movie, he's... I sick. also confuse, like, in my head, like, I haven't watched them in a very long time. Yeah. I confuse scenes of Chicago and Evita because it's filmed in the same, it's going to sound weird, like, the same, like, lens, if that makes sense. Like, I see Mr. Cellophane, Ooh. and I know it's not Evita, but I keep mixing that up. No, Evita's not a comedy or, like, a... Well, I guess Chicago's not a comedy either, really. No. But, but like that dingy, dark yeah. feel of a movie. Like it's not hairspray, like it's all colors and it's not yeah, cats yeah, yeah, and yeah. Not prancing around as yeah, cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's what I mean by like the same. It's not really I mean, that's like, the song, Mr. Cellophane. You're like, is that from a Vita? 
<laughs> no, but I know, I know it's not, but in the movie in my head, right. it's in like, it's right before. That's weird. So do you not know Chicago well either? No. Oh, okay. That's my Have issue Have you seen as well. the movie there? Yeah, yeah, I've seen both movies, but okay. like one time. Oh, okay. I've seen them to... both dozens of times. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I don't know Chicago very well. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. the movie is also great. Yeah. The movie of Chicago. Um, okay, doesn't matter. Uh, speaking of uh, Broadway musical songs, name this song, Chow Down. You, I haven't finished Turn a Blind Eye yet. Oh. We just talked about Evita for a while and the other musicals. Well, I'm going to turn a blind eye to blind <laughs> eye. <laughs> yeah. More or less, yes. You just use it correctly. So to knowingly refuse or acknowledge something which you know to be real. Yeah. So I also uh, kind of see it as in like a um, a denial of plausible deniability. So like like or not a denial of that, but like you almost like you're like I know something is happening that I don't want to be a part of. Someone's going to turn a blind eye to it and like, exactly like that. And kind that's of, what it derives from. Like that negligent. So during the naval battle of Copenhagen. In 1801, mm. Admiral Horatio Nelson of the British fleet thought he could win the battle if he persisted, even though Admiral Sir Hyde Parker had raised a flag signaling disengage. So they're on different boats. Yep. So he raised the flag and says, nope, back off. Admiral Nelson was like, nope. I only, he said, this is what he said. I only have one eye, and I have a right to be blind sometimes. I did not see the signal. Although he didn't say exactly turn a blind eye, this is where that phrase, phrase is came to from. from. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, Sir Hyde Parker... Or maybe it's Sir Admiral Nelson. One of them, we were watching Hamilton the other night in Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. One of them is I know I was there with you. Yeah. You were? Yes, we watched it together. No, I watched it again since oh. then. Um I and I, and, I didn't realize until I turned on the subtitles the other night. After I watched it with you, I put on subtitles. Yep. And they reference, I can't remember which one. One of those admirals is referenced in Hamilton. I was like, I read about him this week. Uh-huh. History. History. History has its eyes on you. <laughs> Safe key. Um, it's time to chow down. Chow down. Who says that? Chow down. Chow down. No, I don't know what you're referencing right now. Lion King. No. Lion King on Broadway. No. Buddy, chow down. The hyenas sing the song. No, don't know it. When? Well, it's not in the movie. But when? No, I know. I don't know the music of that. When they go to the mammoth graveyard. Okay. And they're like, oh, we're going to eat them. And then they're like, they run away. They sing this whole song about them chowing down on, on the little pups. Sounds crappy. It's actually a really fun song. I mean, Elton wrote it, so I'm Ch- sure it's good. Chow down. Maybe your representation of it right now is just bad. It's not selling it for me. It's very rude. It doesn't sound like it fits with the African vibe of The Lion King. Well, neither do the hyenas. Hyenas. Okay, so chow down is like, just eat a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, to eat eat a meal, especially the main course of the day. So, where do you think it comes from? Chow, chow down. Asian heritage? No. Oh no. Um, the phrase "chow down" originated in the U.S. sometime oh. around uh, World War II, and it was a military slang for eating. The earliest printed record is found in the Hammond Times from December 1942. But why? I. I I didn't say why, but the only thing I can fathom is like, I feel like everything was a little, excuse me, encrypted because if ever you're talking and you're being picked up on the radio, the last thing you wanted to be like was, Hey guys, we're going to, you know, take, lay down all of our guns and sit down and eat supper together. I think like, just be very exposed. The same as like, there is something to do with Asians with this one. Mm, Yeah. There's something to do with the reputation of eating of, of Australians eating um, dogs. It's really close to, 
Japan. Uh, Australians, jeez. Australians. Ch- Chinese food. Chow. Chow, meow. Uh, yeah, it's something to do with the breed of dog, like a chow. Okay, well, chow. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do good with my research. I don't think you did. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, I just knew I heard something about it. Doesn't matter. Paint the town red. I think it's just kind of like, let it all go. Just have the best time of your life. Let's just go out and paint the town red. Let's make it yours. Let's just have the best time. <laughs> yeah. Champagne for everyone. Go have a party. Have a great night out. Go bars. Go clubbing. Yep. In a raucous and flamboyant manner. Yep. Uh, it's traced back to the 1880s in the States, referring to the color the sky is painted when large bonfires are lit at nighttime. So I guess like back in the 1880s, like if a bunch of bonfires were lit and the sky was red, you'd be like, wow, people are partying yeah, like, tonight. Red sky at night, boys be partying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Sailor's Everybody's delight. delight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, have your cake and eat it too. I've always hated this expression. Because I'm like, obviously. Like people use it like, like, like whenever I think have your cake, I'm like the only time someone gives me a cake is my birthday. So it's like, if I'm, I'm obviously going to eat it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've always found this, this expression to be annoying because it's like, yeah, I'm going to have my cake and also eat it. Yeah, what am I going to do with my cake otherwise? I think you're missing the point of the expression. Though. Do no, you understand no the I understand expression the expression. Is? Yes. But I don't like that it's cake because it's like, if you have a cake, yeah, you're going to eat it too. Sure. I guess it's... But the expression means like, you're, you know, you, you have something that's good and then you're going to go beyond that and get more things. Than, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to take advantage of a situation sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of, well, it's kind of you... You can't have one thing yeah. without taking away something else. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the classic expression, which we probably should have said that God doesn't give with both hands. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, the phrase is actually, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like that's what the actual phrase is. It's meant to be like, yeah, right. You can't be like, I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. Right. Like, I guess you could use it that way, but the actual common phrase is, it's supposed to be like a lesson. Yes. You can't have your now, cake. Now, Johnny, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, it means you can't eat a cake and then also continue to possess that cake once you've consumed it. Then it you, should be you can't eat your cake and have it too. Because yeah. to have a cake and eat it too, it's like, yeah, obviously I'm going to eat it if I have it. You can't have your cake and, and eat, eat it, it too. too. Oh, have as in consume. No, you, you've had no, no, your no, no, cake. No. Now your cake is gone. You no. can't eat it too. No, no, no. You cannot have it. You cannot have your cake, but then also eat it. Once you eat it, it's gone. You cannot then have it. Think of it, it like, put it this way. You can't eat your cake and have it too. Don't have your uh, cake and eat yeah, it too. Yeah, that's what I'm eat. saying. They it should, should be reversed. reversed. Yeah, it, that's yeah. fine. All okay, right. so now I, de- now I understand it. Yeah. Before I was like, of course I'm going to eat my cake if I have it. Yeah. Oh, I guess it, once you eat it, you can't have it anymore. I guess it's, you can't have your golf ball and not shoot it. Or, mm. you can't shoot your golf ball and not lose it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> sure. The use of the okay, phrase... That, I get it now. Yeah. yeah, the use of the phrase is therefore to tell someone that they can't have two good things that don't normally go together at the same time. Right. Like eating a cake and then continuing to possess that same cake... That you ate. Exactly. Right. Okay, yeah, that's what I wasn't getting. Yeah. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. I wasn't understanding, like, once you eat it, it's gone. I was no. thinking you have a piece. Yeah. But, like, no, no, you've eaten the cake. You can't also still no. have it. You can't be married and have a girlfriend at the same time. Right, all right. I mean, you can. But I mean, you can, but you can't have your cake and eat it, too. No. No. Um, can't hold a candle, too. You can use it in a sentence if you want. Yeah, I just don't. I have no idea where it could have possibly derived okay, from. Okay, use it in a sentence. Let's see if you're using it correctly. Um... Oh, man. You hear that Shelly novel she can sing, but I can't hold a candle to her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's it. I love it. Oh, God. If Shelly Neville listens to this podcast, Shelly Neville called me tonight and left a message. 
And Listen, she's the apple of my eye. Oh, man. That's a hilarious usage of that in the sentence, but Thanks, you're so right. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea where, like... So yeah, so it means like you're not as good as someone else, yep. right? Like no one is good as, as good as Shelley Neville. Is it because you hold the candle to them and it exposes who or what they really are? No. Is, it's, like, a re- it's really cool. Yeah. So it dates back to the 1600s. It's mm-hmm. old. Old. When the apprentice to a master of a craft might only be fit to hold a candle in order to provide light while the master tends to his work. Oh. So an apprentice who was not even skillful enough to hold a candle would be worthless. It's so, like uh, an apprentice would just like, if you're working on a... I don't know. A you're sword. weaving you're a sword. Yeah. The apprentice would hold the candle at nighttime so you could work on the sword. Yeah. If you're an apprentice who can't even hold the candle, you're useless. You can't even hold the candle up to the master who's doing the work. Not only can you not do the work, you can't even hold the candle. So you can't no. Is it you can't hold the candle too? It's not also like No, not two as in T O O. No, T O. But like yeah. I can't even hold the candle to Evan. Yes, exactly. Like, so you are so good that I wouldn't even be able to hold the candle. Yeah, that's how we use the expression now. But it derives from... Okay. You can't hold the candle to the master who's doing the work. Interesting. If you can't hold the candle, that's your only job is do nothing of the work. Hold a candle up. If you can't even do that, you're useless. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good one. A sight for sore eyes. So, again, if I use it in a sentence, I don't know where the origin would be, but mm-hmm. in a sentence, like, um, if you haven't seen somebody in a while, my, you're a sight for sore eyes. Like, I've been, like, I haven't seen you in a while, and my eyes were longing to okay, see that, you. Yeah, that, that was in a, that was used in a sentence. Yeah. But, like, what would be the meaning of it? That's what I said. I don't know the origin. No, no, the meaning, not the origin. Like, what does it mean to say you're a sight for sore eyes? I just told you. No, you like, used I haven't, it. Like, I haven't seen you in a, no, after that. Okay. I said, like, I haven't seen you in a while, and I, my eyes have been longing to see you. Okay, you're like, you're, you're used in the sentence appropriately, and it's acceptable, but it's... <laughs> Thank you, Alex Trebek. Yeah, a person or a thing that one is extremely pleased or relieved to see. Right. But it's not time-dependent. Right. So, like, I could see you the next day and be right, like, right. Yeah, Evan, yeah. by your some sight for sore eyes. Right, yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Like, if your eyes were sore, you would you, relieve you the relieve pain. The th- you're oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. good to see. Right, right, exactly. right. Exactly, you relieve okay. the pain. Yeah. So this phrase was first recorded by Jonathan Swift in a complete collection of gentile and ingenious, ingenious, Jesus. <laughs> Conversation 1738. The sight of you was good for sore eyes. The title of the work suggests that it was in use prior to his writing it down. Sure. Anyways, that's pretty on the nose. Um, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So like I know the expression, it's, you know, have an apple and then you don't have to go see the doctor. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you think it derives from? Uh, I'd say some apple salesman was like, now Jimmy, <laughs> to, uh, your father got rickets. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want rickets like pa, he's his apple. Apple a day uh, keeps the rickets away. Yeah, I mean, it's one of, the full, one of the only phrases that is just full face value. Yeah. It's like apples are good for you. Going to the doctor means you aren't well. Yeah. Eat apples, be healthy, don't go to the doctor. Yeah. But it could um, be the same for like have a banana a day. Right. So yeah, in this case, it's first recorded in the 1860s, which was at that point they said, eat an apple on going to bed and you'll keep the doctor from earning his bread. Oh, I like that's, that. That's what I said that. I and like that. that evolved into mm-hmm. an apple a day, no doctor to pay. Because at that point you would have to pay the doctor to see him. Sure. In the early 20th century, it became what we know today. According to historians, though, even the ancient Romans knew the health properties of apples, partially because of the phrase, modern scientists have continued studies on apples to see how much truth there is in the saying. Mm. Two studies done as late as 2011 and 2012 showed that an apple a day lowers levels of cholesterol in middle-aged men, or sorry, middle-aged adults, and eating apples and pears may prevent strokes. So, 
I had an apple on the way home. Kind of true. Nope, very true. No, you had an apple, yes. But (laughs) true in terms of (laughs) it keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Keeps your cholesterol down for now. and prevents strobes. There strobes. you go. Strobes. <laughs> strobes. <laughs> Ever. Okay. <laughs> Cut that then. Next one. Go on. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Secluded. Oh, God. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, this comes with a pretense. Yeah. So. Not pretense. That's not what you meant. No. Um, <laughs> Especially in this episode. You can't get away with it. I can't get away with it. Uh, what you mean is a pretext. No. Nope. Mm, yes. Context. Context, but a preface. A preface. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got there. <clears throat> that we have gone on many a walks. Many a walk. And uh, Evan continuously says secluded. <laughs> and every time he says it, we have the exact same conversation about it. So, Evan, please tell us what you thought it was. I mean, I still don't know what it is, so I'll tell you what I think it is. Oh. So, when I say secluded, we're usually walking through the woods. Yep. And, like, we're in a, a trail that's, like, very, like, there's trees on both sides. You can't see anything other than the trees around you. I'm like, this is a very secluded trail. Yes. That's like, correct? That is correct. But let, let me be very clear. That is not the context that you said it before. What I normally say. No. So we walk uh, on the top of a very uh, tall hill. Okay. In a very windy area. Right. This is for our listeners. Not for you. I know you know this. Okay. Um, and when we're in the open, it gets very, very windy. Right. It gets very, very cold. Right. And during the winter and the bad weather, if it's raining or snowing, and it literally goes sideways, and it's not fun. So you always want to be in the wooded area so you're out of the wind and out of the element, and you're sheltered. Yeah. And Evan would always say as we're walking, he would go, oh, yeah, let's take this route because we're more secluded and out of the rain. Or we're out of the wind because we're secluded. Oh, oh, right. Secluded is a place which is isolated. Right. Away from other people. It's quiet and there's not a lot going on. So secluded could be on top of that windy hill if no one is around. It could be. Like you just said just then, it's a place, it's a small path where there's trees on either end and there's nothing else around. Yes, that defines secluded. You are correct in saying that. But I was mostly defining shelter. You were were trying (laughs) to get out of the rain and wind and you also somehow wanted to banish yourself from society. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Sometimes secluded is, is more people related. Uh, more people related, yes. You're away from... Yes. Yeah. You could technically be secluded, but not in a wooded area. I could be secluded in my basement. You could be, you could be secluded, like, emotionally. Right, 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 right. Do you right, know right, what right. I mean? Like, you yeah. could be in the same room, but just secluded right. from everybody else around you. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, what you seek is a secluded area where you can be alone. Okay. Not to be confused with sheltered. Sure. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, okay, bring home the bacon. Bring home the bacon. That's the bring home the money. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like, did we all, did we talk about that in, in the uh, Cockney? Or no. was that bringing home the bread? That was the bread. Bread. Yeah. So bread, honey, money. Yep. Uh, bacon is not Cockney. I'm going to make a Cockney. Bacon fat. Matt. No, that doesn't no. make sense. All right. According to local legend, the church in Great Dunmow, mm. that says I spelled it wrong, but I think I spelled it right, would award a side of bacon to any man who could honestly say that he had not argued with his wife for a year and a day. They would just give him some bacon. This is like, you know, 1700s. How, how much bacon? Uh, a side called a flitch. It was called a flitch. I don't know. Any such man would bring home the bacon and be considered a role model. Mm. This is one option. There are many options, but sure. This. Okay. In the 1500s, at Count. Con- 
country fairs, county fairs. One of the most popular contests at these fairs involved catching a greased pig. This is I've heard of catching mm-hmm. a greased pig. That's like uh, the Family Guy episode. Yeah, so obviously Except very it's difficult a to do. Man. The prize for catching the pig was you got to keep the pig. So if you won, you got to bring home the bacon. You bring home the pig, you kill the pig, bacon. Because the word bacon at back earlier was not just like bacon strips that we have now. Any meat from a pig was referred to as bacon. Oh, interesting. Uh, the word bacon itself comes from old German and French words for back, since the best cuts of pork come from the back and sides of the animal. Since the 1600s, the word bacon has been used as a slang term for one's body because people often associate the body with one's ability to work and earn money. It's believed that bacon eventually took on that connotation as well. Interesting. Yep. Cool. Speaking of cool, cool as a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. So if you're cool as a cucumber, you are very relaxed in a non-relaxed situation. You're cool as a cucumber. You're like, you know, there's there might be something that's that's around that could stress you out, but you're not. You're you're it's cool as a cucumber. That's yeah. exactly it. Calm why, and composed. Why a cucumber? Let's think of the origin here. A cucumber. A cucumber grows. It's, from it's the pretty ground. on the nose, buddy. It so, like, a cucumber is just colder than your average yeah, vegetable. Common, composed, self-possessed, as in, despite the mishap, Margaret was cool as a cucumber. Uh, it was based on the fact that in hot weather, the inside of a cucumber remains cooler than the air. Oh, it's, it's pretty on the nose. Nice. Yep, I like that. How many more do you have left? Uh, like ten. Okay, because I have more than you. So, do you want me to do a couple? No, we'll keep going back and forth. Cool. Sure. Just leave some out that are garbage. Uh, I'm okay. sure there are some. Rude. <laughs> uh, beat around the bush. Beat around the bush. Uh, so that's just to... That's the definition of Jeff's turn of phrase, how he speaks in general. <laughs> no, I don't beat around the bush. I beat... I don't beat... Well, then you don't understand what beat around the bush means. Yeah. Beat around the bush is tap dancing around things. But yeah. the expression is is often, let's not beat around the bush. It's not often say, Jeff just beats around the bush. No, the expression is almost like the same thing as... No, the expression is beat around the bush, to beat around the bush. It's the tap dance around an idea, to right. just kind of go around Speak and around. around. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it derives from? Uh, to beat around a bush. Uh, I guess to hit somebody and to run around a bush, chasing them. And trying to hit them with a stick. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty literal. It's not that literal. I mean, it's it's more literal than what you said, actually. Yeah. So, um, in medieval times, the rich hired men to flush out the birds that were hired in the undergrowth. So, if they were out, like, poaching and hunting. Mm-hmm. The, the hired men would beat the bushes with large sticks. The birds would emerge and be captured, killed. So, the beating around the bush was a preamble leading to the main event, which would be the hunting and the killing. So, to beat around the bushes would be, like, the, the preamble... The, uh, we're not really talking about the subject yet. The prerequisite. Yep. Interesting. Uh, this is another one that kind of surprised me. Okay. Basket case. A basket case. So a basket case is like, oh my, she's a basket case. She's, mm-hmm. or he, mm-hmm. is um, uh, just like a lot. A lot. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, I was like, wanted to be politically correct, so I don't know why I said she. No. But you know it's what? It's okay, but like. Any, I mean, any person. Any person. Um. Um, so how would you de- how would you define it? So you just use it in the sentence perfectly. A basket case is like they're just uh, you don't know what they're gonna do. They're they're unpredictable. They are a little crazy. Yep, perf- exactly. Yeah, it's incredibly derogatory. Yeah. So a person who has had all four limbs amputated, a person what? a person who is helpless or incapable of functioning normally, 
especially due to overwhelming stress, anxiety, or the like. So you're right. Like someone who's like All super, four limbs amputated. Yeah, well, that's where it's derived from. Oh. So you are I right. you'd carry them around in a basket. Yep. So That is horrible. Yep, yeah, but it's it's the, the expression is exactly as you said. Someone who's helpless, incapable of functioning normally, just super high stress, anxiety, just overwhelmed. You're, honey, she's just a you're here, he's just a basket case. You just can't keep it together. <laughs> I love that you just switch from she the heat. She, 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 they. Do you but, know that? But anybody that is impaired or incapable of functioning. So right after the war, oh my God. the conquered nation was considered an economic basket case. So basket case came to mean someone who was insane. Right. At first, basket case didn't mean someone who was crazy. Instead, it referred to someone who had a physical disability. The phrase has its origins in World War I. They defined it as a soldier who, at the battlefield, either had to have his limbs amputated or lost all his limbs, and they had to carry him out of the battlefield in a basket. So wow. it went from physically carrying somebody who was disabled, and the disability turned into somebody who had a mental disability, and then it just turned into this really derogatory, like... That's horrible. Isn't it shocking? But it's, it's shocking. used so loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know an interesting thing? I can, com- I can confidently say that I don't think you are a sexist person at all. Thank you. And I think... You can say the same about me. I can say confidently. Um, 75% of our listeners are females. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. I like it a lot. because I, I like it too. Yeah. And because it's... I, at first, when we were coming up with the title of the, of the podcast, mm. there was the fear of splaining yeah. would be mansplaining. Mansplaining. Yep. I was like, no, no. The con- we both said the concept is we're idiots. We know nothing. And we're explaining to each other. Yes. We're, and we're not even mansplaining to each other. We're explaining to each we're other. We're idiot-splaining. The person who's explaining the other thing still doesn't know what the thing still is. Still doesn't know what's going on. Right? <laughs> so like, it's important for us to not be mansplaining. Yep. And, I don't, and I, clearly we're not because I think a lot, a lot of more women than men are interested. Maybe more women than men listen to podcasts in general. I don't know the statistics. but I don't know either. But I don't, and I think I think the phrase mansplain implies that it's a man kind of overpowering and and just trying to explain yeah. certain things to women that 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 they have no a have it's no most likely those seventy five percent women know this shit and they're listening because they find it very entertaining that and we how don't. stupid we are <laughs> and they're the same ones who are emailing us being like so remember how you guys said this and you actually incorrect you're an actual idiot I love it and I, I'm like. I, I'm not offended at all. No. Please, women, educate Jeff and I. Yes. That's all we, that's all we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, fly off the handle. Um, so, it's to me, just go loose, let it go, or like, kind of like, it's almost, mm, fly off the handle. It's kind of like, you were aiming for something, you just went right off the tracks. Like, not even close. Oh, you just, that flew right off the handles. No. Like, you're to in fly, the- If someone flies off the handle, it's like an like a temper, like angry. To fly off the handle is like all of a sudden they lost their temper. Uh, okay, I thought yeah. it was more like falling off the train tracks. Like you're no. in the middle of a show, and by let me tell you, it fell right off the handle. No, it's more like you're in a rehearsal and the director flew off the handle. He lost it. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That yeah. does sound a little bit closer. Um, it refers to the uncontrolled way a loose axe head flies off from its handle. Okay, that's all it is. Interesting. Yeah, two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod is, you know, if people are two peas in a pod, they're very perfect for each other. They're they're two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. So, mm-hmm. but likely there's rare, very rarely are there two peas in a pod. There's normally more than that. So if there's two, you're like, oh, they're perfect for each other. Mm, nope. It's actually, there's actually two peas in a pod. And it's the expression alludes to the seeds contained in a pea pod. What? Which indeed look very much alike. When what? There's more... ha- what? 
Think of a pot of peas. Like, have you ever had like little green beans? Yeah, and green there's not peas two in there. There's like six. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it two peas? Because oftentimes you don't sit in a group of people. Boys, we're like six peas in a pod. No, you say there's two of you. The expression is two peas in a pod. There's never just two peas in a pod. No, exactly. So I think it's the fact that peas look identical and that they're very much alike. I don't like that at all. Okay. That well, doesn't help me whatsoever. Listen, screw you then. Um, Saved by the Bell. Because it's <laughs> We've already told that story, right? I don't know. I think we did. But if anybody who didn't, let's give it 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. So, what is it called? <laughs> uh, Mary Brown's had a jingle contest. Yeah. Jeff and I really wanted to apply for it. We love Big Mary's. And it was free, free Big Mary's for a year. Free Big Mary's yeah. for a year. Yeah. So we, you have to submit a song. Mm-hmm. We submitted a, an original lyric song. Uh, uh, yep. But the melody was the melody of the Save by the Bell theme song. And it was great. It was really good. Yeah. We, we had did. about an hour and a half worth of outtakes. Yeah. And it was hilarious. And very funny. One uh, of these days we might release it. We released the actual jingle on Facebook. I think. No, I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure we did. I think we were like, when we, re- we found out we couldn't actually submit our music to the contest because it had to be original. True. We put it on Facebook, I think. If not, we should bring it back. If so, email us at info.slain.gmail.com and <laughs> we'll send you a it. private link. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it means to be saved by last minute intervention, saved yep. by the bell. Yeah. What do you think it derives from? Uh, the school bell. The teacher sitting down and saying, Hey, Johnny, please explain what saved by the bell means. And you don't know what it means. So you go, and the bell rings and you're dismissed from class. No, but that's how they mean it in the show, saved by the bell. Yeah. Because it takes place mostly in school. Yep. Uh, It's often credited to the fear of being buried alive. Oh, yeah. You have a little ring underneath it. The little bell. Oh, God, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. But that's not actually where it comes from. But that's. It, that is a thing that actually happened. Oh, There's a string ask. around your finger. Yeah. You're buried alive. You pull your finger, the bell rings, and hopefully someone digs you up in time. <coughs> that piano really rang then. Didn't it? Um, the ring of the finger. They were called safety coffins. But it's more likely that the term is used in the 19th century to refer to boxing. The bell being the bell oh, yeah, in yeah, between yeah. That round, makes a lot more the end sense. of the round. Yeah. So if someone was really getting their butt kicked, they could be saved by the bell signaling the end of the round. Mm-hmm. Nice. You were, you were saved by the bell. Yep. Uh, fly by the seat of your pants. So to fly by the seat of your pants means to like, you're, you're going off. It's kind of play by ear. Yeah. It's, you yep. know, it's, I'm not going to come up with anything. I'm not going to prepare. It's, it's nope. you know. The podcast. Yeah. Say. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, how would you say, how would you spell it? Obviously, fly by the blank of your pants. How would I spell seat? Yeah. Or, okay, well, you just pronounced it appropriately. So I think. S E A T? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. by the seat. I always thought it was seed. Oh, seed of your pants. Yeah. I, no. That's what I always thought. And I was like, ugh. But I, don't, I couldn't tell you the origin to fly no. by the seat of your pants. The seat being the arse, like the back of your pants. Yeah, maybe. It doesn't really make sense to me. Like, it doesn't really justify it okay. to me. But exactly as you said, it relies on instinct rather than logic or knowledge. Early days of aviation. Yeah. The aircrafts initially had very few navigational aids. And flying was accomplished by means of the pilot's judgment. So mm. they'd fly by the seat of their pants. But I don't really, I still don't get why. Yeah, it's, easy. it's like, still, should be so, like, yeah. fly by the lack of navigational skills. Right, like, yeah. Do you know I mean? Like, that's fly what the expression should be. Fly with your own inherent knowledge. Yeah, fly yeah. by yeah. just <laughs> merely looking out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Uh, bite the bullet. Uh, bite the bullet uh, is to just, to, well, just, I'm, listen, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's just to rip the Band-Aid off. Yep. Bite the bullet. Confront a painful situation. Absolutely. Yep. 
Um, it's commonly thought to be a reference to soldiers biting on a bullet while they were undergoing surgery of some kind. Oh, but why bullet? There's no proof that this is actually the case. No, because like metal on teeth is not good. You want like a no. rag or something. Exactly. Right? Yeah, a yeah. rag or like a leather strap or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no proof that that's actually where it derives from. But there are quite a few references to soldiers being um, biting on a bullet while being flogged or whipped. Okay. And it was a point of honor to, if you were um, flogged to Great. never cry out or show pain. Okay. And biting on a bullet was very helpful for that, apparently. Interesting. Yep. Cool. Goody two-shoes. Goody two-shoes. So, I mean, everyone knows what that means. Goody two-shoes is like, can't do anything wrong. Yep. It's like, I'm going to prioritize being right all the time. Here's a question. Did you call it goody two-shoes? Yeah. I call it goody good shoes. Oh, no. I always say goody two-shoes. No, I was like, oh, you're such a goody good shoes. Yeah, goody two-shoes. So, like, you kept your shoes clean? No, um, it's it's not what you think. I mean, okay. you are exactly correct. Someone who always does something right, right. always follows rules, blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, it comes from a book about a do-gooder from a 1765 book called Goody Two Shoes, written by John Newbert. That's the name of the book. Yeah. It's, no, it's it was, sorry, sorry. It's called Good Two Shoes. It's that popular. That book was so popular. It's like an expression we still say. Yep. That's it. Wow. Yep. Okay. To butter someone up. Mm, to grease them up, to make them feel good. Yeah. Not, but like to kind of like prep them. Flatter. Butter them up. What are you saying? Uh, I, feel, I feel attacked. I'm exposed. <laughs> <laughs> just your body moving in that moment yeah. was very like Better just for the listeners Jeff was doing a lot of deep shoulder there's a lot action of lathering yeah the there's body. a lot of shoulder action yeah uh, yeah to flatter someone to be nice in order to get something from them exactly. that's the yeah. key right yeah um, in ancient India they used to throw balls of butter at statues of gods to ask for a favor interesting yep cool so they'd like butter off the statue ask for a favor hmm uh, that one's really silly I'm not gonna do that Matt as a hatter you may think at first I'm as mad as a hatter when I tell you a cat must have three names. Um, how many times names? have we referenced cats in this podcast? <laughs> I feel like it's a lot <laughs> more than we need to. Yeah. Um, mad as a hatter, like, you know, the mad hatter from Alice in Wonderland. So, like, to be mad as a hatter is just to be crazy. Yep. But why? Yep. A hatter as in, like, someone who creates hats? Well done. So there's a chemical... On the hats. Wow. And the chemical makes the people go crazy. I am thoroughly impressed. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not even joking. It's exactly correct. It's colloquial English phrase used in conversations to suggest that a person is suffering from insanity. It's believed to emanate from Luton, Bedfordshire. Yep. In great. Eastern England, where men in the area worked predominantly in the hattery business, which used mercury in the hat making process. Oh, made them go crazy. Man, good for you. Thank you. That was very impressive. I thank you so much. Yep. Uh, caught red handed. Oh, you're just, you're, you're caught in the act. Yep. You're right there. You got your hand, blood, caught red handed. To be caught in the act is literally to be the, you the murder somebody. There's blood yep. in your hand. Yep. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's a murder with, there's, your hands are red because there's, the victim's blood is on your hands. Yep. It stems from 15th century Scotland to be taken with red hand, and it just means to be caught in the act. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. Cat yep. got your tongue. So I, obviously it means, like, I have nothing to say right now. Cat got your tongue? Like, you can't respond to this right now? Mm. Why a cat? Mm. A cat's got your tongue. Why would a cat go for your tongue? Is it literal, like a cat grabbing your tongue? Well, there's two. Okay. Two meanings. So one, it could be uh, similar to what you said. The English Navy used to use a whip called the Cat O' Nine Tails for flogging. Oh. So like it would be a stick and would have nine. It hit you in the tongue with it? 
No, Evan, oh. how accurate do you think that is? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it'd have, like, the flogging whip would have, like, the stick and the nine, like, braided oh. things. So they, they call it the cat o nine tails for flogging. Oh, okay. the, the pain used to be so severe that it caused the victim to stay quiet for a long time. Ah, mm. uh, okay. Another possible source could be from ancient Egypt. Right, cats well, very happy. Liars and blasphemers' tongues were cut out and fed to the cats. I believe that. I would believe that more than the flogging. I believe that the cat o nine tails was definitely a whip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to rub someone the wrong way. Mm, to to uh, well, it's hard to. Just, I just really rub them the wrong way. They just don't like me. You, yeah. You did something to make them not like you. And not even you do like they just you just annoy to the them. bad just feeling them just like right like you meet them once and you're like they just rub me the wrong way. Yeah, I think that's a, it's quite literal. It might stem from cats. What from cats? Not okay. the musical. No. Um, who like to be stroked from head to tail, right? If yeah, you yeah. rub a cat the wrong way, uh-huh. you rub them from tail to head, and they're like, "Ugh, I don't like that." The cat you will just walk away way. from you, like you're an idiot. That's not how I like to be rubbed. True. Or the cleaning method of servants in the homes of rich families. If you cleaned a wood floor the wrong way and went against the grain of the wood, oh. it would leave streaks in the floor, upsetting the lady of the house. The floor would be rubbed the wrong way, and she'd be upset. Don't rub it the wrong way. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. Yep. Um, that one's a little too literal. Oh, why not? Bury the hatchet. Literally put an axe in someone's head. Wait. Bury the hatchet means... <laughs> no. No, wait. No, opposite of that. Opposite of that. Actually, you know, bury it into someone's forehead. No. To bury the hatchet means, like, we are having a disagreement. Let's bury the hatchet. Let's forgive each other. So rather than putting it into someone's forehead, let's put it in the ground and not use the hatchet at all. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. That's just too good. Okay. Uh, raining cats and dogs. Oh, bye. She's raining out of the heavens. It's just raining cats and yep. dogs. Everything They're... is coming out of the sky. Yeah. Like a force of rain. Yep. Um, Odin, the Norse god of storms, mm. Thor's father, was often pictured with dogs and wolves, which were symbols of wind. Yep. Witches, who were supposedly rode their brooms during storms, were often pictured with black cats, yep. which became signs of heavy rain for sailors. Therefore, raining cats and dogs may refer to a storm with wind, dogs, and heavy rain, cats. Interesting. Question. Oh. There's more, but go oh, on. Question. No, no, I insist. Do you have a question? No, I insist. You go ahead. Okay. I'm going to new things now. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Cats and dogs may come from the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief. If it's raining cats and dogs, it is rain unusually or unbelievably hard. Okay. Uh, cats and dogs may be a perversion of the now obsolete word katadupe. In Old English, katadupe meant a cataract or waterfall. A version of katadupe existed... <laughs> katadupe, katadupe. <laughs> existed in old languages. In Latin, for example, katadupa was borrowed from the classical... <laughs> was borrowed from the classical Greek which referred to the cataracts of the Nile River so in saying it's raining cats and dogs might be to say it's raining waterfalls okay cool yeah the thing that I was going to say is did I make this up that in somewhere in the world at some point in time that there was so much uh, evaporation that it like would pull frogs out of the water and would rain frogs there might be truth to that. Or like, and in my head, I was like, man. Am, I'm not sure it'd be, evaporation wouldn't do it, but like, like currents might. But I'm like, sure how like, could the currents bring it up to the sky? Like just wind, you know what I mean? Wind currents, I mean. A wind current. You mean the wind swept a frog out of the water into the cloud? Do you think evaporation did? 
<laughs> I don't the, know. The evaporation, by definition, what makes turns water into vapor. Wa- water vapor. It turns the and frog lifts- into vapor and no, lifted it up. No, no, no. But there was so much evaporation in such a quick span no. that the water will, no. the, the frog so will much, just get swept away. No. So much evaporation doesn't exist. So much evaporation just means evaporation is water turning to vapor. Yes. It's not a thing that lifts things into the air. No, but the, it turns it into vapor, but then rises into the sky. The vapor still has density, and if there's a mount, uh, there's, there's enough vapor, it no, can lift it's the still frog. vapor. No, because like think of what air is. There's not enough air. And if there's an airfoil, like vapor in the sky or anything like that, like that's where Bernoulli's principle comes from. There's lift in that if it's ran across it. So if there's enough density, and it's underneath the frog, and it rises, it evaporates up, it can lift the frog. And there's no wind at this point? Well, maybe there's a little there's bit of zero wind. wind. Maybe and, there's a little bit of vapor. Wind. Maybe the, the vapor frog. lifts a frog up, and then the frog opens its body up, and it's like a like a. Tell parachute. me the next one, you nutting. Listen, the frog opens <laughs> its body up, and the frog also has a wingspan. I, I don't know. A flying frog. If it's a flying frog, then yes, you're right. But it's not because of the water vapor or the wind. I think my mine is just as stupid as yours. Do the next one. Or. No frogs fell from the sky. <laughs> it's likely that we're it's both likely, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? Let your hair down. To let your hair down is to relax. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Um, let your hair down. Where would this stem from? Why would your hair be up? Uh, I don't know, 18th century, some sort of century. Where 17th century. Women, women have their hair up in buns yeah, all the time. That's exactly it. Okay. Next. Uh, waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh, you're just cranky, upset. Your day is just off to the wrong foot. Someone rubbed you the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. So typically people get out of bed, and for no, from the moment you wake up, for no reason, you're yep. just cranky. Yep. So typically people get out of the bed on the side of the bed that you wake up on. Traditionally. Right? Yep. So in olden times, bedpans were kept on the left side of the bed. Oh, so you like... So people would usually sleep on the right side. Uh-huh. But if over the course of the night you move to the left side... And you step in your you own... You get up, you get it... You, Chances are you're stepping in that bedpan, right? Yep. So therefore, the left side became the wrong side. I get you. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, one for the road. One for the road. One for my baby and one more for the road. Uh, it has to do with drinking? Yeah, why not? So you just have one more drink before you leave the bar? Sure. By yourself? Well, that doesn't really make sense because that's going to be one more before I leave. It's one for the road. Yeah, I don't know. So well, keep me drunk on the way home. The expression is, is, is you know, I'll take it like a road pop, one for the road, right? Like a final drink taken just before leaving on a journey. There is a suggestion that this phrase derives from the supposed practice of offering condemned felons a final drink at pubs on the way to the place of the public execution. Okay. Yeah. Of course, travelers also haven't always had the opportunity to stop for a meal or a drink. Whenever it suited them. In the 18th century, England food outlets would have been few and far between. If travelers wanted to eat on their journey, they had to take their food with them. Whatever provision one made for one's journey was said to be for the road. Uh, mm. Noise. Noise. Uh, son of a gun. Son of a gun. I, I don't know if I could, like, dang, nabbit, you're son of a gun. That, yeah, that, there's that, a couple. That dang, nabbit, that pesky dog. Yeah, so it's expression. I would have gotten away with you kids and that stupid dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's like expressing surprise, mild annoyance, or disappointment. It's sort of like a wide range. It just, it's not necessarily negative. Son of a gun, people like, son of a gun, we won that, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, thought to be from the 17th century when wives were allowed to accompany their husbands at sea. If children were born while at sea, they would often give birth between the broadside guns in order to order 
uh, sorry, in order to keep the gangways and crew decks clear, right? So they would literally give birth underneath one of the guns, basically. Or military men were often referred to as guns. So it was literally a son of a gun. So British Navy used to allow women to live on naval ships, and a child born who had uncertain paternity mm-hmm. would be listed on the ship's log as a son of a gun. There's also an urban myth about a woman impregnated by a bullet that went through a soldier's testicles oh my and God. into her womb. The story was written, written as a joke in a weekly paper, but many people didn't realize it was a joke and kept going around telling it and that he was literally the son of a gun because the bullet... Sperm got on the bullet, uh, fired yeah. into the woman's womb. Come on, but people no, that's tr- it's true that that's that's a story. That's as true as but, frogs coming from the sky. No, it's actually true. The story isn't true, but people thought it was true and kept telling it. They read it in the paper and went, "Oh my god, did you hear about the guy who got shot through the testicles and went into the woman?" <laughs> but they're like, "No, no, no." It was, and then the guy who wrote it is like, "No, no, no. That was a joke, obviously." Mm, yeah, but it got around so much. That's okay, yeah. cool. Riding shotgun. Oh, okay. So riding shotgun is riding in the passenger seat in the front. Yep. But I would imagine something to do with like that person would literally have a shotgun in a certain time and like you would just shoot people. Yep, exactly. Riding shotgun would use to describe the guard who rode alongside a stagecoach driver Amazing. ready to use it. Um, Simple as that. Okay. I have two more, by the way. Okay. Uh, so this is another word one. So it's a lie versus lay. And this has been used twice today incorrectly by people who I've been around. Oh, okay. Okay, so obviously the word lie isn't like to tell a lie, but yes. we're not talking about that. We're talking no. about lie down. To lie down. Or As to opposed to lay down. Lay. in a Right? Yeah. So is, oh, sorry. No. Oh, no, no. What do you think? Uh, is one... It's simple, but I've never known the difference. Is one, is it a tense? Like, one is a present tense versus a past tense? Yes and no, and that's what makes it confusing. Yeah, like, it's, it's a tense It kind. is a tense, yeah. but it's also, if you're talking about people, yeah. whether you're talking about objects. Oh. So, if you're talking about people, mm. the present tense is to lie, right? So, like, I'm going to go lie down. I'm talking about myself. Oh, but lay it down. If it's an object, if you it's lay an object, it down. If it's this glass of wine, I'm going to lay it down. True. However, lay is also used as a tense. Yeah. So if you're talking about people, the past tense of lie is isn't, lay. Isn't it laid? It is not If laid. it's an object, you laid it down. You did not. Why not? Because you just use it in the same context you would use lie. You didn't? No, no, no. But like, I'm going to lie something. I'm, uh, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, laid. sorry, yes. Like, it's past tense versus past, present yes. tense. It's, it is laid. Yes. But it's L-A-I-D. Yes. It's not L-A-Y-E-D. No. Is that even... A, is that even a thing? It is not. Is that even a word? But people think it is. No, it's not Because a word. it's lay, no. to lay, and then laid, no. you just add an ed. Interesting. So yeah, the past tense of lie is to lay, but we're huh. still talking about people, right? Which is the present tense of objects. So if we're talking about objects, the past tense is laid, as you said, I laid it over there. Uh-huh. If we're talking about the past participle, which is another, you know, I'm like past participle, whatever. With people, it's lane. Hmm. With objects, it's laid. Lane. So I have lain down every Wednesday for the last month. People always say, I laid down. It's wrong. It's lane. not laid down. How or, do you spell that? L-A-I-N. Oh, wow. And I have laid down my keys somewhere. It is never L-A-Y-E-D. No. It is never lid down, which Newfoundlanders use all the lid time. Lid down. He lid down. He lid down. Was, where's he gone? Oh, he's gone. He's, he laid down now. He, he just... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 
But you've heard, I was trying to use lid in a sentence, but you've heard people say lid. Yeah. Where's he too? Oh, he's lid down in lid the down, room. They're down in the living room. That's a Newfoundland thing. Yeah, it's lid. not a thing. He's lid down. Yeah. It's very confusing. So with people, just to re- recap, uh-huh. it's live, yep. laid, and lane. Lane, L-A-I-N. With objects, it's lay, yep. laid. Yep. And no, that's sorry. it. It's lay. Wait. It's lay. Yep. Laid. Laid. Yep. Like you and, laid and down. laid. Oh, there's not a third one, maybe for. No, because there's there's past, present, and future tense. No, past, present, or past, present, past, and past participle. Past participant. I'm confused now. Go on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Evan. That was a close, but it was no cigar. No. Is that That's the next one. Yeah. Okay. Close, but no cigar. Yeah. Close, but no cigar, Evan. Um. Close but no cigar, meaning like you just almost did it, but mm-hmm. you didn't. Yep. So you is there a, a scenario where you would make if you if you nailed it, you'd win a cigar? Well, yeah. From the practice of giving cigars as prizes, pr- prizes, prizes. Yep. At carnivals in the U.S. of the 20th century, this phrase would be said to those who failed to win the prize. Noise, noise. Okay, here's my last one. Mm-hmm. Hone versus home. Like H O M E versus H O N E D. Nope. H-O-N-E versus H-O-M-E. Oh, hone. Like you are to hone a power or harness a power, bring something in, and home is in your house. Yes. Yes, but also no. Okay. So to, if you wanted to like blank your skills. You, you would hone your skills. Hone your skills. Yeah, yeah. If you're so to you live sharpen somewhere. sharpen them or make them more acute. You live somewhere, obviously. Yes. To or, harness. Or a homing device. To home in on something. Yeah. It's not hone in. It's to home in. Oh, 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 oh. So that's oh, where people oh. typically use it incorrectly. Not with home as in your home. No one thinks it's your hone. But to home in on something like a homing missile, right? We're homing in on your coordinates. Oh. You home in. To hone is to hone your skills. Yes. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know the home part as in I yep. thought it was hone. Like you're honing in on something. Nope. I thought it was the same. Nope. Interesting. I like that. Um, put a sock in it is as simple as it sounds. Uh, pulling someone's leg. To pull someone's leg means you're fooling with them. You, you got them to believe something that wasn't true. Exactly. Where do you think it came from? Is it also derogatory? Not at all. Okay. No. Um, to pull someone's leg. I don't know. You're like, you're under the table and you pull their leg and they don't know who pulled their leg. Mm, nice try. Um, during the American Civil War, when after a battle, uh, stretcher bearers would violently jostle a leg or arm to see if they could elicit a response from a victim on the field and thereby ascertain if they were alive or dead. Oh. Yeah, so they were trying to see if they were tricking them by pretending to be dead. So they'd violently talk on them and try to the, get a reaction. The allies or the... No, the enemies. Oh. So like they'd be clearing out a battle if they went to an enemy. If someone right. was trying to trick them, be like, I'm dead, don't. Right, anything, and they would try to jostle at them. Right, or if they were alive, they'd take them as a prisoner of war, or kill them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, this is my last one. Okay. Um, couldn't care less. Yeah, stupid and annoying. Very These stupid. People and annoying. use it in the wrong context all the time. How do they confuse it? Well, people say I could care less. Yeah, but it's like if you could care less, it means that you actually care about it. Yes. But what you mean to say is I couldn't care less. Exactly. But it's, I've heard it on TV shows. I'm like, no, no, that's not what you mean. So annoying. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I know. I think that's just a, like, there's no, 
Like this phrase came back from 17th no, century. No, no, there's no origin. That's no, it's just, just a people, phrase are people use incorrectly. Yeah, people are like, dumb. Like irregardless. Irregardlessly, yeah. I could care less if someone ever says irregardless ever again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, now here's the question for you. Oh. Was there any bullshit? Oh no! Did because, you bullshit me? Because the last two episodes, oh, no. I didn't do any bullshit, and oh, I was like, bullshitted so. me. You definitely. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have brought it up if there wasn't bullshit. I specifically wrote it down that oh, I was like, no. bring up bullshit because the last two episodes you haven't, and no one has done bullshit. Have you? You didn't do any of this. No, thing. I didn't. You forgot about it. I completely forgot. It's about very bullshit. important. Okay, oh, God. so one entire uh, thing was bullshit. An entire phrase and all. Or no, just no, the, the phrase itself was true, but the explanation was not at all true. Oh, that sucks. And it was the one that you went, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, God damn it. I always buy into your bullshit so much. I love it. It's Although we both friends. buy into it. We're, we're both pretty yeah. good bullshit It's artists. hard. It's hard. But do you know what it is? It just shows the faith that we have in one another. The faith, yeah. Of so, like, faith. guide me. Yeah, please do. Um... Do you want me to give you a quick read? I'll give you like five things and you tell me which one was yeah, bullshit. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rub the wrong way. Raining cats and dogs. Waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. No. No, really? No. So, raining cats and dogs, you used a lot of words. Yep. But it's very possible, like, I would be very surprised if you made up all those Latin words. Right. Did you make up all those Latin words? I did not. Okay, cool. But it would be impressive. I would be like, you know, bilge dung chromatopsia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. Uh, okay, so Rainy Cats and Dogs was in it. Uh, what was the other two, three? Rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, the cats rubbing the cat the wrong way, maybe? Nope, didn't make that up. Cool, next. Waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Oh, the, the pan? Made it all up. Well done. All of it. All of it. Well, I mean, all of it being that the, the, the bedpan was on the left-hand side of the bed. It has nothing to do with bedpans. It comes from Roman times, where for some reason, and it didn't tell me why, the left-hand side of the bed was unlucky, and if you got up on that side, you had on bad luck for the rest of the day. I made up the entire thing about bedpans and stepping in your own shit. That, but, like, it was... It made, I was like, this is better. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. I had another oh, one made up. man. And I told Tiffany before we started the episode, I was like, okay, what was it? <laughs> oh, it was absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I was like, this, I came up distance. I came up. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's what it means. Like, just like distance. Makes absence. I came up with absinthe, like the liquor. Uh, I was like, absinthe makes the heart grow rounder. No. And I came up with, it's like, it was a broken telephone situation. People got it wrong. And I told Tiffany, and within 10 seconds, she's like, that's not true. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's not. I was just trying to fool Jeff. I was like, yeah. should I get a different one? She's like, he's not going to believe that. No. So then I came up with I probably would have. Came up with making up on the rock side of the bed. That's great. Thank Anyways, you. that was actually really good because I was like, yeah, absolutely. People step in their own shit. That would definitely start their day off on the wrong foot. And it makes sense that it would be consistent what side you put the bedpan on. Well, if like people were like right-handed or left-handed, like there was always that predominance. Well, which hand matter? Depends on which one you're flinging your shit with. What are you talking about? I don't know. We gotta go to bed. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um. So there you have it. Episode ten, guys. That was fun. It was I, very fun. I like back like. I I enjoy it because I find sometimes if we have like topic and then topic, like if I'm first, I'm very anxious and I'm very high energy and then I just die off. Right. But if you're first and you're tired by the time I get mine. (laughs) But if I'm but if you're first, I spend the entire time high energy. Right. And then when I get to mine, I don't know. 
don't know. I hear what you're saying. But yeah, the, the quick fire is fun. Enjoy it. Um, so... That's it. That's it. As normal, please uh, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at uh, Cast. Uh, something that's super important to us and we really want people to do it because we've only asked you the last six episodes is to rate and comment. And Go. some of you have. Some of you have. And you know what? Thank you very much for those of you who have. It's, yeah. it's meant the world to us. Uh, but we would love it if some more people just told us what you thought. Yeah. Like a hundred times more people. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have a topic you'd like to send in, uh, please do so. You can do that at info.splainin at gmail.com. We hoped you learned something this week. And if you didn't, as always, next week. If I play the song on our podcast, our podcast will get taken down. The shout out? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we can play music ever. But like, do you think I can take a risk? No, I don't think you should. Well, <laughs> me singing it was exactly like the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're gonna get taken down anyways. <laughs>